Welcome to the Nate and Doran podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we are here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I'm Doran, the videographer, sole entrepreneur offering video production services. Uh, today, we are talking about what to do when a potential client wants to work with you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, always uh, adrenaline pumping. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a thrill. It's uh, fun to see. Like, ooh, another client. Um, depends how they reach out to you. Uh, either it's uh, in-person conversation or their referral. Uh, I mostly get email, but I get some phone calls also. Um and yeah, um, basically you want to do the same thing every time, like figure out what their video needs are and uh, get to discussing, you know, planning the project and then discussing payment or budget first. Um, for email, usually I, I think greetings are a great first impression. So I like always up, dude? reply, yeah, uh, to my email, like, dude, Thank God you reached out to me. I need work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I would say uh, thank you very much for reaching out. And uh, if they provided me information, then I would say, and for providing uh, information uh, regarding your video project. And then I would go into whatever those details are. Um, what do you do, Nate, if uh, a client calls you? Um, well, if they call me then I want to try and get that information, that project information uh, right then and there, because it can be a quick back and forth. Mm. But a lot of, a lot of my like pings that happen are from like emailing a submission form, like from my website or like a DM on Instagram or something like that. So what I typically want to do to get to that phone call stage is I'll set up a discovery call. So that's a nice, short usually 10 to 15 minute call that you can get all the information set expectations get budget and all that stuff without like a back and forth email chain it's just annoying to read and all that kind of stuff and a phone call is nice because you can or a zoom call like i i try and do a zoom call too if possible to see their face they can see me build trust and like see if this is someone you want to work with because you're not you're not trying to like swindle or get this project at all at, at any cost, you know, you're, you're not trying to like put on this artificial um, facade and stuff. And yeah, Doran, your style is very professional and courteous and that, that works for you and that's great. Um, and that can rub a lot of people the right way. So if they can like hear your voice and you come across really professional like that, then like already their first impression of you is like amazing. So um, one thing that I, I learned how to do with the discovery call is you want to own the process. So you don't want to just sit back and say, well, tell me about what you want to do, I guess. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't instill confidence, right? Mm -hmm. You want to you wanna own the process. And a great way to do that after you've kind of set up, a, set up a call time or a Zoom call or whatever, one of the first things you want to say is you want to say, the point of this call is to find out what you need and if I'd be a good fit to help you guys. Does that sound good? And naturally, they usually say, yeah, that's great. That sounds amazing. And that starts the conversation off with a yes, Doran. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, we're not trying to be all salesman-y, but 
that's a great subconscious thing and it affirms to them that you know what you're doing you're steering the ship here you're in control so they're in good hands and you're going to guide them through getting the information they need and that you need okay okay yeah. so so basically if uh, a potential client message you messages you on instagram and they say hey I'm interested in hiring you as a videographer, or if they just say, Hey, I need a video done. You would not discuss any details at that point. You would schedule a discovery call. Is that correct? I think in most cases. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you might be getting a little busy or, you know, you've got big blocks of time where you're unavailable, uh, say you're filming dance competitions or something in your case, Doran, mm -hmm. you might want to just get the briefest of mm -hmm. details just to like rule it out. If it's something, you know, a hundred percent you can't do. Mm -hmm. So you might want to ask, Oh, did you have a certain date or time that this event was like, if it's a wedding or something, it's usually <laughs> locked in like a year before whatever, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to adjust that. So you might say, Oh, you know, what date is it? what times are there just to make sure that you're not wasting everyone's time getting all these extra details when you know, Oh, I'm already spoken for during that mm -hmm. time. Mm, yeah, true. Usually I do inquire on uh, dates. Uh, first thing, uh, some projects are like, Oh, are you available tomorrow? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're like, Oh, this is for July. I'm like, Oh, that's five months from now. Sure. Yeah. I'm that's well planned ahead. Good job. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's that's very interesting. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I, it, it kind of depends on how clients like to communicate. Also, there's, you know, a variety of styles. Um, I went through a phase where I got a lot of direct phone calls because I have like my phone number on my car and uh on my website so people sometimes are more comfortable just directly calling me but sometimes i get caught in an awkward place like i'm like at superstore and it's really loud with carts and banging around or whatever and kids crying or people laughing and it's hard to hear the client sometimes and also i'm not able to take notes because i'm not at home on my computer mm. um but recently what i've done is i have a bluetooth earpiece while i'm at superstore so i can like hand hold my phone still hear the client through the bluetooth and uh, take notes on my phone at least um and uh <laughs> yeah some um sometimes clients want real quick information like if i miss a phone call and i'm like oh they'll leave a voicemail i got too comfortable at one point with like i'll oh, leave a mm -hmm. voicemail it takes the pressure off of of like asking questions and being sharp on the spot. Uh, I I can look up like, oh, this is your business. Okay, I see your website. Okay, this is, oh, you've had videos done before. So I already, when I call you back, I already know a lot of what you've already had. I got really comfortable doing that. But then I noticed a few clients would not leave a voicemail. So I mm -hmm. get home, I look up the number. Oh, it's from so-and-so plumbing. Okay, let's call them back. Hey, returning your call. Um, you called me earlier today. I'm Doran, the videographer. Oh, yeah, we were looking for a videographer. We already found one. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> so sometimes I would be hesitant to schedule something unless it's on the same day. So I think I would be a fan of discovery calls if I do it really quick. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't like 
like, oh, you're interested in a videographer. Oh, how's like three days from now at 5 p.m.? How's that? And I don't know I've had too many like fish slip out of my hands mm. by being too comfortable and waiting. Uh, but yeah, different styles and different uh, clients with different approaches. Um, so yeah. let's say you get to that discovery call part. What mm -hmm. what is the that process like? Well, uh, once you kind of establish that you're owning the process here, then you want to get all the project details. You want to make sure you don't miss anything so that they don't come up later and you're surprised by them. Yeah. You can't <laughs> accurately quote or provide an estimate if you're missing these key pieces of information. Yeah. Uh, so we already touched on date and availability that should be the first thing you talk about if you talk about everything else for half an hour and then it's like so when are we filming tomorrow uh no <laughs> yeah totally. so first thing that gets them excited what date is it this date i'm available boom first step taken next thing you don't want to neglect is location where are you filming this oh wow yeah, yeah. i i i'm guilty of another thing here I've made the assumption that, okay, we're just filming this at their place, at their office. And then I realized like, oh, their office has a bunch of other people still working at that hour. Uh, phones ringing, people laughing. It's not quiet to film an interview there. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, even though your client's business has a location that they operate at, their operation noise is going to get in the way. So, uh, yeah, location is not as easy as I thought it would be. It has to be discussed in detail, taking into account uh, noise, daylight, uh, and other factors, you know? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you might need to rent a studio space mm -hmm. or uh, some sort of... Do you use any um, services, Doran, where you can, like, book spaces to film at? It's kind of like Airbnb, but for filming locations? Yeah, I think it's called uh, Open Space. Yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. I, I forgot what the name was. Yeah, yeah, I used it a couple of times. Uh, some studios are really uh, nice. Like they already have like a green screen or an infinity wall and uh, lighting set up for you. So like literally roll in, set the camera up, turn the lights on and go. Mm -hmm. So at, at least in the Vancouver, BC, Canada area, uh, there's that luxury here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of want to see, I guess, tied into the date would be the time. Like if it's a wedding, you want to know what time or if there's an itinerary, you know, how long are things going to take? Is there going to be a giant gap in the middle? Mm. Um, so that could be a key thing to, to do. Doran, do you want to tell that story again of that lady that split up your, <laughs> your filming time into random chunks throughout the day? Oh yeah. So uh... I guess this is eventually would have had to discuss this also. Um, another key thing to find out about clients is have they had experience with the videographer before or not? If they have had, then you can relax a little bit and maybe they already know some of the things you're asking and they uh, answer it better. But uh, some clients haven't worked with a videographer before. And uh, this one lady thought that, my half day is uh, up to four hours of filming. Not taking into account transportation between shoot locations. 
uh, setup time, strike down time. So she, yeah, she had me do an hour and a half in the morning at six and then uh, another hour filming uh, right afternoon at a different location. And then uh, sometime in the evening, uh, the last like hour and a half, like, uh, but that was effectively ruining your day from doing anything else. Yes. And a lot of travel and yeah. Um, and sometimes actually you want to discuss and make sure you do have a break in between depending on the project. So for weddings, for example, usually weddings do this because they need a bit of setup time too. But if for some reason they're doing something super simple and quick, like a very quick uh, ceremony here and then a quick reception at the other place, but you need time to pick up the two cameras, pack them up, take them to the second location, uh, set up and modify camera settings because now you're indoors or whatever uh you need to make your client aware and discuss that like hey i'm gonna need half hour for moving from location a to location b and then half hour to set up at location b so can you please postpone mm-hmm. starting your reception until one hour after instead of half hour after you know stuff like that yeah you just want to touch base and make sure mm-hmm. that, yeah that's a good point um yeah for previous video work like you were saying if um if they have mm-hmm. had videos done that might set their expectations yeah um so that can kind of if you can get them to send you those videos then you mm-hmm. can get a feel for what they're expecting and you might have to reuse some like logo animations or design oh, assets yeah. so you want them to give those to you at the start of the project so you're not like editing the whole video a certain way and they're like oh it doesn't match our old videos mm-hmm. and you're like well i didn't see your old videos or mm-hmm. you should that's that's on you you gotta ask them mm-hmm. to provide you with those assets that you'll need to edit the video yeah totally brand so, consistency yeah that's good um have you also ever doran asked a client for like an example video of what they are looking for Sometimes I actually have clients directly email that to me. Like if they haven't had video work done before, they'll just say, hey, we're interested in a highlight video, something like this. And then they'll link something. And that makes it so easy. Oh, man. It's mm. it's like, uh, I would like, oh, man, I would love to have that conversation every day if I could. Like, hey, so based on the reference video you showed me, which aspects did you like and which did you not like? Uh, what can we do differently? What did you really like and make sure we incorporate? And that also makes it easier for talking budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. So um, if they don't provide that and they haven't had video experience, unless they have a crystal clear idea of what they want, I usually either ask them like, well, can you find something uh, you know, like look at your competitors' videos and let me know which one matches what you would like. But if they don't have idea on artistic style either, then it's up to you to be the creative. Maybe that's their expectation. Like, oh, I don't know. What do you think we should do? We're asking mm-hmm. you, right? Then then I would take the initiative and look up something similar and, and uh, maybe find two different styles for like you know like a, a hockey team or whatever there might be uh two different ways to portray a highlight video and i would link it to them and 
underline key elements. Like I wouldn't just link them the video and let them think whatever they want. I would uh, kind of like you said at the beginning, kind of guide them. Like these mm -hmm. guys are going for this effect and this is creating this impression to your audience. Is this what you want? Is Does this represent your brand and what you want to go for? Or does this uh, different approach appeal to your demographic better? Or to the voice that you want associated, you know, the style you want associated mm -hmm. with your... Uh, so trying to click and identify and... Um, trying to bypass the person's preference and kind of making them aware of the brand, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, appearance. Uh, yeah. That usually, yeah, yeah. That usually guides them into like, oh, you're right. For the brand's sake, we should go this way. Even though I like the other song, like we're not picking music here. We're, we're going with style and, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Oh, another thing you want to get for the discovery call is maybe an idea of what deliverables they're expecting or yeah. how you, and that can inform how you quote as well. So if they're used to getting a portable hard drive with the video on it, mm -hmm. then you'd have to factor in buying the appropriate size hard drive. Or if they're okay with just getting a, a download link, then... Mm -hmm. You just upload it to your Google Drive, or they can download it off Frame.io or wherever, mm -hmm. and that makes it straightforward. Yeah, with the hard drive, you also have to bring a laptop and a mode of uh, transfer, you know? <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's extra time. If they want it immediately on site at the end of the filming day, for example, if they just want the raw footage, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I've had to bill for an extra hour that it took to uh, transfer the files. And before I even transfer, or sorry, after I transfer, before I even hand over the hard drive, I make, let's uh, look at the footage together. We saw it on the camera throughout the day. Let's see it on the laptop. Make sure that everything plays and it's not corrupt. Mm, okay. So once I get that confirmation, here's the hard drive. Thank you for the check. Um, pleasure working with you. But most people are okay with download links, um, or some people just want a, uh, um, like, <laughs> DVD for some reason is still a thing in 2022. <laughs> I still get, like, one or two clients a year that's like, my grandma would like to see this, but she doesn't have a computer. DVD, I'm like, my computer doesn't even have a DVD burner. Like, they don't make those anymore. You have to buy it separately. <laughs> it's phased out your grandma didn't she zoom through the pandemic like does she have a laptop <laughs> uh, uh, but I've had uh, speaking of deliverables like I've had resolution be a specific request uh, which is good to discuss beforehand because um, like for example let's say you don't have a 4k camera and the client wants a 4k uh, video then you need to establish that at the beginning and not at the end when you deliver the video, it's all done. Oh, why is this not 4K? Like, uh. Yeah. Um, I've also had codec specific requests. So please. What kind of client would uh, request that in your experience, Dorn? The codec? Yeah, which clients, so clients tend to have. Clients that, like, basically production studios that already have an established workflow and they're just out outsourcing uh, videographers. So, like, uh, I've had a few times when companies that are not in BC, so from Eastern Canada, that's where their main headquarters is, but it's cheaper for them to hire a local guy in Vancouver 
to film the event and just give them the footage than them flying their video team here and their gear uh, to film. It's just more cost-effective, less stress, uh, a bit of a risk if you don't get a professional, but uh, they made sure to vet out all the information. Like, what is your camera? This. Okay, we need this format. Are you aware of your camera settings for this uh, codec for S-Log2? Yes, I am. Yeah, had a few of those. Nice. And then one of the big things that you want to get on this discovery call is the client's budget for this project. Ah, uh, yes. The, uh, the B word. The, the, the delicate, uh, process of budget. Yeah. In your experience, Nate, how many, how, what percentage of your clientele already has a budget and approaches you with it? Hey, we have a video need. This is our budget. Can you make it happen? Does that happen often or is that like <laughs> rare? It's not one of the first things they say, no, but most of the time, thankfully, when I just ask as a default question, like, hey, what's your budget for this project? They'll be able to give me some sort of number. Like, oh, we were thinking around here. Or, wow. you know. Nice. And it's like, okay, nice. And it's either, oh, well, Let's discuss it further or, yeah, I can work with that. Let's continue the conversation and I'll give you a quote. Right. So if it's lower than what your services are, you would continue the conversation. And then... I, th I think at that point, if I know 100% that it, it wouldn't be worth my time or I, th I feel like I'd be devaluing myself at that point, then that's where you've got to lean on the fact that you're positioning yourself as a guide. You're not like a salesperson. You're not going to say, well, I'll give you a 20% discount if you promise to give it to me or you don't want to do any of that. You know, yeah. oh, at the beginning, when I was like desperate for my first few clients, I would say like, well, since you're my first client, I'll give you like a big discount, but you got to give me a shout out on social media. <laughs> that never worked out good uh, for exposure, uh, exposure. Yeah. Which I yeah. did need at the beginning. Like, I, I, sorry, I didn't even need exposure. Like, I just needed a like or a review on my page. Like, come on, give me that first five star. Come on. Reviews are really important. That's true. Yeah. It's a lot more valuable for another, the next client to see that five star review than for them to shout you out on their social media. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks, Dorn. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's just one of, got to be one of the questions you ask. What's your budget? And, they need to tell you their budget. You do not want to say your what you think the project is worth at that point. Because sometimes what you think a project is worth and what this client has already budgeted, what they're already expecting to spend can be different, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. I can see that. Um, but I know for a fact that a lot of videographers, videographers don't operate that way. Um, like they have packages they have packages so yep. for example for a wedding you people kind of have packages um mm -hmm. they might custom like they might not show it on their website and say uh oh contact us for a custom pack or for a custom pricing uh for corporate it definitely can swing wildly depending how big the corporation is 
which again, if you request their website as part of their submission form, you can look into that and know ahead of time, like, okay, this is a, like a five employee little uh, financial guidance place, or it's like, oh, th these guys are like a massive retailer uh, internationally. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um but i know like uh part of the facebook um freelance videographer community this question has been asked how do you budget do you go with this approach that you just presented and a lot mm -hmm. of very successful people are going with that approach but then there's a lot of very su successful people that have this philosophy of i don't charge differently depending on person i charge the same because this this is this is how I operate. Uh, that's more leaning towards like, how much do you charge an individual versus a corporation? You know, for like a highlight video for Billy's uh, Kickstarter versus, uh, you know, something for Yellow Pages or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, and something for Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of interesting because I thought these people would be like starter ups that like oh you'll phase out of it but then i look at their work and their websites and i'm like okay no they're just very transparent with their costs and they just have such a saturated market that it just works for them it's very stable from that aspect they 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 know like people contact them and they are already accepting their rates because they contacted them so you kind of have that reassurance already it's kind of like if you're shopping around to buy a new car you you're you already know what it costs when you go into to test drive it you're not going to test drive it and be like oh it's 40 grand my budget like well don't waste my time you know <laughs> mm -hmm. um so have you how many clients have you approached with this technique with what's your budget honestly Did you do this from the beginning almost all the one lately mm -hmm. uh, so like within the last like six months to a year i've started to adopt this for um a lot of my discovery calls and if they don't have an idea mm -hmm. or if they ask me like what would a project like this cost mm -hmm. then this this question doesn't work because they they're not at that stage mm -hmm. they're it like it like you say different clients like a wedding it makes sense to have like maybe three different packages for a couple to choose from a corporation usually has a budget and it's like tied to that quarter so that ties mm -hmm. into their timeline like okay invoice us by this date even if the project isn't complete so we can keep it as part of that budget mm -hmm. which is also different from let's say you know a, a single business owner local business owner boss babe who's like mm -hmm. wants some instagram reels or something like that <laughs> and just has no clue she's only done stuff with her phone she doesn't she wants to like step up the production value but she honestly doesn't really have an idea of how much something like this would cost mm -hmm. so for that that's that's harder yeah nate i just wanted to mention that uh there's a few more golden nuggets of uh, specific client types that you can uh, um kind of know that they have a predetermined budget and that's nonprofits. Um, they definitely have a hard ceiling on budget and they cannot exceed it. They cannot wiggle it up uh, like some corporate can. Um, and especially 
charitable nonprofits, uh, those guys also kind of, uh, if their budget is not too high, um, you know, it's it's sometimes good to kind of go with that lower rate for, um, for a bit of exposure. That is the one time where it really works because charitable nonprofits get a lot of exposure. You know, because mm. they're very involved in the community and uh, they usually have big donors and sponsors that work with them. So if you befriend a uh, nonprofit, especially a charitable one, you might get referred to one of their big donors. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You can make a lot of connections there, mm -hmm. especially if it's like a cause that you support or you believe in, then it makes it easier and you can help promote them. Mm hmm. Yeah, they can promote you. That's a great uh, point with nonprofits there, Dorn. And, and I just want to ask you, Nate, like, do you believe that a client has, like, no budget limit in mind when they say, like, oh, I don't know? Or do you think, like, okay, there is a number that if I go over, you're going to be like, well, I didn't think it would be higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think, um, I think they have that number. Even if they don't fully are aware of it, they they know it's there. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what? Um, that reminds me of the the Studio Sherpas, uh, owned by Ryan Coral. His method for this mm -hmm. on a discovery call is um, he he throws at a number absurdly high for what the project <laughs> is. So if you're just like looking to film. A basic project you you could say if they still won't give you your budget if you ask you know what's your budget um you know what's your budget range have you done a project like this if all else fails you say you know what if i told you this video cost a hundred thousand dollars and see what they say <laughs> if they if they don't bat an eye then you're like well maybe i'm just totally misreading this project but typically they'll be like whoa 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 no that's way too high we are thinking more like ten thousand dollars you know mm. and then that gives you something to work off of. Yeah. yeah. Like you throw something way too high so you don't like lock yourself into a lower budget than what they were planning on. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, that's true. For first time uh working with a videographer, if they if I manage to convince them with uh or they give me a reference video, I'll point to that. And that's a very mm. convincing argument. If I say, oh, that reference video that we're going to imitate or take inspiration from, uh, that was most likely done with this budget. Yeah, that definitely helps. So because they've, they're already invested, they're like, this is us. We want this to be us. This is what we want. They've like fully committed to this is what we want. The last thing preventing that is you agreeing to the budget <laughs> to the cost um so usually it's it's very rare that they back out at that stage unless it's an absolute like oh well we can't get a budget higher for that um but um they do know next quarter when they set up uh, a budget to if they're still interested in you they'll reach out to you and they'll be like hey we got budget this time so maybe maybe sometimes to not lose a client, you can kind of hint at that or formulate a way where, hey, we can make this work 
if budget's an issue, but this video can wait, reach out to me again when, when this is doable and let's mm -hmm. make this happen, you know, or set up with them, uh, you know, um, delayed payments or, you know, like there's so many ways where you can try and appease them. Obviously we discussed, don't go with a ridiculous discount because uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. then you're just undermining yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, you're right. There's some things you can try and do, mm -hmm. or if they're not ready, set up a reminder for yourself to follow up with them mm -hmm. in a month, six months, mm -hmm. keep, keep them at the top of your mind so that you can remind them that mm -hmm. you exist and you're here to help them. And I guess that kind of ties back into being a guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also, and I don't think we mentioned this, there's also clear hints that some clients will give, if you pay attention, that they have a shoestring budget, as it's called. Um, so if instantly at the beginning of the project, or sorry, after the discovery call, they're like, uh, yeah, it's just a really quick thing. Uh, it shouldn't take too long. Uh, um you know, if they're just hinting at how quick and easy and snappy this is, most likely they're going to say they have a shoestring budget. And I've literally replied to clients saying when they've used that exact phrase, uh, well, go buy yourself some shoestring. <laughs> You're saying you have shoestring budget, so what can you buy with that shoestring? <laughs> I, I am going to set up my website. I'm not going to directly uh, respond to a client with this, uh, but I want to put in my website's uh, FAQ. Um, what if I have a shoestring budget? And I'll link to one of those videos where, uh, you know, the Russian guys that made the uh, low budget version of movies, movie trailers. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, there you go. If you're okay with <laughs> That's that. That's what you can get. Yeah. <laughs> You have a shoestring budget. What if I have a shoestring budget? Yes, I can do this for you. See what these guys did. But <laughs> anyway, that was just being cheeky. Uh, yeah. Ideally, you would want to end the conversation with a positive impression. So one scenario that happens and is quite regular is sometimes businesses are shopping around. Sometimes they're like, oh, I just want someone that will reassure me this is what I need. Uh, like. This is my video needs. Yes, I can do them. This is the budget. Oh, yes, I can afford that. And it's done. Um, but a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, what's what's your rate for this? Oh, and what gear do you have? Okay. Uh, can you show me some of your work? Okay, yeah, email that to me. And uh, okay, we're, we're shopping around. We're asking uh, everyone in the area uh, for quotes and we'll get back to you. So even then, try and end the conversation in a po with a positive impression. Try and latch onto something that they emphasized and reassure them that, oh yeah, um, I, I would totally. Uh, I've done plenty of highlight videos for corporate work. They're a lot of fun. This one sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to work with you guys, and just showing that you're m more interested in the whole process and the. Um, the, their final product rather than your final pay is mm -hmm. uh might just be that little extra thing that will make them remember you uh sometimes if they present um if there's an issue um with um like i had a few clients that i hooked in by the, well i didn't re retroactively ask them but i am assuming based on our conversation where they had some clear needs and something that was like uh 
this is another little extra need, but we, we don't want to bother budgeting this. Like, like, for example, let's say, okay, let's film on the 15th of this month for a full day. But then we would also want this one clip that will take you half hour to film, but it has to be when it's a full moon or something. I don't know. Uh, or or when a specific festival is happening. Like, we want to get someone with Christmas lights. Uh, we need a, a, a stock footage of a family but no stock footage is going to be at this specific landmark that we want, you know? And they're like, yeah, we, whatever, we, we just won't have it. You, I've, I've thrown out a bit of generosity. Like, you know what? I'll make sure me and my family are uh, uh, visiting that place on that night. And you know what? I'll grab it and I'll just include it for the project for you guys. Usually something like that really does uh, mean a lot to some companies, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, every other videographer didn't offer us this but you did so we're going with you sometimes talking less is more useful actually i've had a client reach out to me and when we got to the budget uh we got to the budget right away because they were like oh we need a green screen two camera we need a, a s-log two um and then i said sure yeah these are my cameras this is my work this is this is the price and they just said oh wow Everyone else we talk with, they just ask so many questions and they seem unsure of, like, it's just a simple thing. And you, you just said, yeah, I can do it. Here's my stuff. Here's the budget. And they went with me based on just that. Just the fact that I was very mm. succinct and very precise and very, like, yeah, I, 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 I can guide you to this. And this is easy to do. And I'm your guy. And then they later revealed to me... um who else they uh, reached out to. And it was a couple of my competitors that I'm fully aware of uh, and uh, uh, been in contact with. And they're, they're, they're a bigger production house than me also. So I was like, wow, I snatched away Clyde that way. There you go. Sometimes not, o not overwhelming your client and just reassuring them, this is your need. Okay, this is all the information I need. I can give you this. Well, let's make this project happen. Um, yeah, so sometimes presentation, sometimes it's your opening greeting, your end, um, how you end off a conversation. There's so many ways that you can... Um, make sure you present yourself in the yeah. best light. Yeah. yeah, that you can make that potential client be a guaranteed client or ideally even a recurring client. That would be amazing. Um, one thing you also want to make sure on a discovery call is to take some notes, you know, yeah. <laughs> either with a paper and pen or what I like to do is I make a Google doc so that I can access it on any other device. It's mm. all safe to the cloud and I can refer back to it later. So I'm, I'm constantly taking notes throughout the call because mm -hmm. I, I can forget details pretty easily. Uh, so <laughs> it's good to have all those after the fact for when you're actually yeah. making the quote. Yeah, when and, you uh, when you get busy and you have like six, seven, eight projects in a month, yeah, I've I've had to start doing that too. Otherwise, I confuse numbers. Like, oh, did did I quote two thousand to this guy or the other guy? Oh man, and that gets really awkward. And if you don't have it written somewhere, so I usually do like a follow up email, like following up based on our conversation. Here's a quotation. <laughs> That's good. And that's their opportunity to be like, oh, actually, we, we, um, 
you know, they, they can clarify something like, oh, actually, we, we wanted two cameras, not three or something, you know. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of companies or schools and stuff, they'll have strong filters for their email. So if it's not an internal company email, it will just automatically get filtered a lot of the time. Ooh. Have you had that? I've totally had that. Where you send the quote with an email and you're just waiting and you're like, have they opened it? Have they seen it? What's going on? I think on? I mentioned this in a previous uh, episode, but I use a email tracker. Uh, that's a Google Chrome extension and I can see when they open the email. So I usually check my sent mail once a week to see if any client hasn't read an email. Then I'll either send a second email or reach out to them whatever if they give me a phone number or if um you know some other way i'll you know um if they have a linkedin page or something yeah um and but but i also know when clients lie <laughs> like on invoice payments <laughs> like hey uh, it's been a month uh and I replied to the same email with the invoice so they see it there so like it's been a month um if you can please give me a confirmation that you've received this and a confirmation of estimated time of payment. If you operate on monthly or bi-weekly payout, uh, you know, your booking accounting thing. Oh, for some reason this didn't show up. Like, uh, I see you've viewed it two times. So, but I just like smile and say like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had it Stop. happen where they didn't read it and I found out it was spam. Uh, I haven't had that happen, but if it if someone does not reply and uh, I contact them later and they're like, oh, then I'll know it's this. Uh, I wish mm -hmm. there would be a way around it somehow. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. And so I've kind of started to get into the habit of as soon as I send the quote over an email, I'll I'll have their phone number at that point and I'll just shoot them a quick text say, hey, just letting you know, I just sent the quote over. Be sure to check your spam folder if you don't get it, because sometimes when it emails have links in them, they'll automatically get filtered by your IT department or your aggressive email filtering. <laughs> and then they'll be idea. like, oh, yeah, it was in the spam folder. So that way you're not both thinking the ball is in the other person's court. You're just like, are mm -hmm. they going to look at this quote? Are they going to, you know, <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> self-doubt and they're just thinking man when is this guy gonna send a quote he said he would send it last night what's happening that's a good point oh, oh that's such yeah. a simple thing i didn't think of that yeah just text him yeah awesome. it's nice and personal as well mm -hmm. they usually in my experience they don't mind if it's like outside of work hours because mm -hmm. it's such a quick thing like hey i sent you the quote Mm -hmm. Then they they know even if they're not going to check their work and email at that exact moment, like if it doesn't show up, there's something mismatched. Like, oh, I actually didn't get that. Can you resend it mm -hmm. or try this other email address? And you can kind of circumvent that potential issue of them not looking at it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think uh, my final thought on this topic is um, something I forgot to mention. I should have mentioned at the beginning um, when I mentioned like. Um, the first impression i said what i do on email um i think it's really important on a phone call to sound very professional because I, I noticed at the beginning um because i use my personal cell phone as my business cell phone so i'd get a phone call i'd pick up and I'd say hello 
and they'd be like, uh, hello, uh, who is this? Uh, like, oh, I'm looking for a videographer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Doran. And then I quickly realized, like, oh, okay, that's so awkward. Let's let's just, you know, I got caller ID, and now I see if it's a company. It'll say JoJo's Plumbing or whatever, and I'll be like, hello, this is Doran the videographer. How can I help you? And uh, that automatically sets a, a very professional tone where they're like, oh, okay, I'm talking to the man right away. If it happens <laughs> to not be a client, then whatever, they can laugh it off. <laughs> it's a personal call. But... <laughs> Eddie, mommy let me call from this other phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah that's a good point. And you know what? A nice bonus for us is our company name is tied to our real name. Oh, yeah. So you can even just say, like, you just answer every phone call with, hey, this is Doran. And right. they're thinking, oh, the videographer. Whereas if you had a, a name like Quality Films or something, you don't have to say, hey, this is Doran of Quality Films. Right, yeah. It can be less cheesy, you know? Hey, this is Nate. Yeah, that's Nate Dixon true. Media, you know? Yeah. So that's a nice bonus for... People like us. Yeah, yeah. You're speaking to Doran, the man, the legend, the videographer himself. <laughs> How can I bless you with my video talent today? Um, sir, your pizza's here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is Amazon. Uh, can you come get your package? Yeah. <laughs> it's a write-off. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that wraps up my thoughts as well. Yeah. With, uh, how to get a client's budget and how to do kind of a your first interactions discovery call and stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your input, Nate. Uh, as always, I I learn stuff from you, and it's always uh, fun doing the, these podcasts together. And uh, yeah, how to get a client's budget? Uh, very very delicate process. Lots to think about. And we wish all of you listeners uh, good luck and uh, a lot of success with your potential clients. Uh, hopefully you've uh, learned a lot today and uh, thank you for watching and listening. Be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the Nate and Doran podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. This has been Nate and Doran. Thank you for watching and listening.